0: hello and welcome to this edition of the contextual safeguarding podcast in this podcast we're going to be talking about um, alternative approaches to planning and conferencing for young people who experience extra harm and we're going to be talking about this with two people who have been involved in chairing conferences related to extrafamilial harm there's a lot of work required by chairs to think about how to develop conferences and plans that are effective. And these chairs have been directly involved in piloting alternative approaches. I'm sure there's a lot that they've developed that will be of helpful learning to our audience. So I'm gonna ask them to both introduce themselves um, to get us started. And then I'm gonna take us through a series of questions so we can talk more about the work they've been doing. So Dawn, can I come to you first, please?
1: Okay, I'm Dawn Wakeford and I'm an independent reviewing officer here in Wiltshire.
2: Thank you. And I'm Maria West Hansen, and I am a child protection chair in Wiltshire.
0: Thank you both Maria and Dawn for joining us today. So as I mentioned in my introduction, um, children's services departments around England and Wales have been thinking about the best way to plan for young people at risk of significant harm beyond their family home, the roles of conferences and wider planning process um, in this respect. Can you briefly describe to me what you think some of the motivations are for having these conversations. Why should we be rethinking our approach to planning and conferencing for young people impacted by extra familial harm? Do you want to go first? No, you you start, that's fine, (laughs) I'll just
1: jump in.
2: Okay. Well, I think that uh, what we're seeing is is a picture of an increasing number of young people who are at very high risk of suffering a, a significant and serious harm in in their local communities, either kind of linked to their own behaviours or linked to to behaviours of of others that they associate with. And that kind of increasing number has certainly has made us in wheelchair think about uh, whether we should try and, and address that through the child protection conference and, and child protection uh, procedures in, in a way that that kind of makes a clear distinction between extrafamilial harm and intrafamilial harm. So. Um, so we have developed the risk outside the home uh, conference model. It's still work in progress in terms of, of developing and uh, and looking at what works. And we have a, a relatively small number of young people who, who are subject to to these risks, out, risk outside the home uh, child protection plans. That's great. Uh,
0: Thank you. And so you really felt like there's an increasing need and you've seen that something might be might be needed that's different. Um, Dawn, did you want to add anything to that?
1: I think it's historically we've both been involved as CP chairs with with mapping, with, you know, when we've been talking about young people, other names have come up, other links have come up. and, And when we've talked about the young people, we've thought, you know, the parents are doing everything they can. They're trying really hard. They're reporting to the police um, and they're trying to safeguard their children, but they can't. So they didn't fit into our usual format of, you know, is it something the parents are doing or not doing? Um, so having it like this, the mapping wasn't really doing what we wanted. So the Roth system of talking about the risk um Outside the home and having the family involved, having the young person involved is really, really key and they're working. I think it works really hard that way. It gets the young person to think about why everybody is so worried about them.
0: That's great. Thank you. And we're going to talk a bit more about what's different um, as we go through this podcast. So That's a really helpful starter. So as people that have chaired these meetings, what would you say some of the key things might have been that might be different for you um, when it comes to preparing for a ROS conference as opposed to a standard child protection conference? Okay,
1: I think for, for preparing You're having to think a lot more about okay, what are the other agencies outside there? So people that you might not have invited before, because you were relying on a social worker's list, you might have, um, you know, the PCSOs coming along. You might have community workers coming along. There's loads more people other than just the schools or the regular people that you'd have to a child protection conference. It involves a lot more discussion with the social worker. It involves a lot more discussion with the family and the young person about. Who do you think you want there? And it might be family, might be friends. It's about who they want there.
0: It's really helpful. So a lot more collaborative thinking, kind of before the conference. Maradi, anything else that you've done in terms of preparation?
2: I I think kind of an ongoing challenge is kind of having to think outside the our traditional box, our Mm. traditional uh, CP child protection box, and to think about the. the context of the risks to the young people, where it is, but also kind of thinking about safety, where are they safe, talking to them about that, talking to yeah. to all, all the other agencies or and and a wider group yeah. of uh, of partners uh, around the around the table about about uh, where these young people can yeah. be safe or what how we can increase their safety in, in different situations.
0: And what you've both said in different ways, Dawn, in terms of you thinking about who needs to be there and really thinking about what questions you're asking, you're both describing that needing to think about the where as well as the what. So just not kind of what is the risk and how and how how at risk are they? But you're having to ask where are they at risk and therefore who needs to be there? And that shift from thinking about what's happening to where it's happening as well, I'm. It sounds yeah. like that that really does require a different type of preparation from you. Yep. That's great. So in terms of once you're in the conference, have you had to do anything differently when you're in a conference um when you're when you're thinking about risk outside of the home rather than within it?
2: So we've we've developed a uh, in, in Wiltshire a guidance, particularly for the the um Ross com- conferences and um it, it's it's quite different uh, to our standard conferences. We've developed a, uh, another agenda to make sure that we have that it that we kind of guide the focus to be on on places and spaces and and safety um, and I, th- I think that's that that has worked well uh, in in most cases. I think we kind of what I've experienced is that we need to do some more work on that on on our format and our guidance around when we come to review conferences. uh, Because I think it is different. And I think these uh, situations where children are at risk outside of the home, they have, they kind of almost follow a, a different kind of trajectory Mm. Uh, than our standard child protection ca- cases, and 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 I think perhaps we need to think a bit more about that.
0: That's really helpful. Mm. Dawn, is there anything else you've done differently in terms of chairing? I think it, it took a
1: while to get your head around it. It's a different way of doing it, um, a different way of asking your questions um, about, obviously leading with the the parent, leading with the young person rather than leading with the professionals or saying why they're so worried. You're talking about okay with the young person about where do you feel safe and that's a different way of, of doing it and you know why do you feel safe and who are your safe people rather than coming at it from that angle rather than how we usually do it which is all the professionals tell you why you're so worried and then you put in a plan. And mm. um, I would agree with what Morady's saying the initial conference usually goes reasonably well you put in a plan everybody agrees it's when you come to the review um trying to assess whether the risks have gone up gone down stayed the same because quite often the young person still feels that they're they're okay they're still safe
0: yeah yeah. And it just kind of leads into my next question, which was I wanted to get a sense from you about what challenges you think remain unresolved at the moment. As you both said, it's a work in progress. You're still testing. You're still learning. Do you think there are any key challenges that still need to be bottomed out if we want to develop effective plans and conferences for young people at risk of extra familial harm? I
2: was going to let me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not, not sure really. I think we we could probably do with having a, a session between the chairs who, who have who have chaired them and, uh, yeah. and just share our experiences and and what we think about, about it because we are still kind of working with relatively small numbers, so yeah. we we don't we don't have a great. Certainly in individual chairs don't have a great body of experience yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, to know whether that's a challenge of what you're doing or just a particular yeah. challenge for the case that you were you were working with at the time. Yeah. And I
1: think it's it's also that part where we're putting the plan in there and then, which is mm. which is OK, which is fair enough, which, which we do with lots of things, but we're putting it in there and then so making sure it's it's accessible to the young person, it's accessible to the parent. We're asking the parents, what do you want on the plan? We're asking the young person, what do you want on the plan? Which, and again, I know we should be doing with lots of child protection conferences, is a different way of working.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, I guess one of the greatest challenges then that you're describing is that it's still very early days. And yep. until we've done more of it and it becomes more something that we're used to doing and there's a body of experience around it, we're not going to necessarily know what some of the other things are that that and need we're
1: to be and we're having to be the specialists, the people who know. So we're having to guide the social workers who might not have had this before, the other agencies who haven't had it before. So we are, you know, there's a lot to do, isn't there, Marani?
2: I think there is, and and I think one of the one of the challenges perhaps is that we, uh, th- when we develop the plans it's difficult to kind of to set timescales because we're operating with completely different time scales and expectations both of, of parents and young people uh, in terms of how fast we can see a, a change or how kind of fast they can get to a point where they're feeling safer is uh, that's I think that's be- It's a challenge because we are working with so many other external factors that are that take kind of time to to address. So I think we're working with different timescales and and I'd, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried that we might lose some of the young people in the process mm-hmm. because they become uh, disillusioned if change doesn't happen fast enough, mm-hmm. or they don't uh, they don't feel that really a lot is changing yeah. for them. Um, so yeah. I th- I th- and perhaps that's something we need to be clear with them about from the outset
0: yeah. that
2: that this kind of working in this process does take does take time yeah
0: yeah absolutely and that's always going to be a struggle isn't it when you're thinking about the urgency of some of these situations and the significance of the risk and then the reality that it's so significant and complex for a reason and that means it will take time and identifying ways that we can offer kind of quick wins alongside that more long-term working and thinking I think can only be really achieved with practice and kind of experience so I think that's a really Really helpful reflection. So, if, in terms of if there are other chairs listening to this podcast and thinking about chairing a conference like this, or they're working in a local authority that's proposing um, amending conferences for extra familial harm, what would be your advice to a chair? What would be some of the things you you wish people had said to you uh, before you started uh, this process, and we wouldn't have known about it because you're the first to to do it.
1: Gosh, that's difficult because Mm -hmm. until you do it, you don't, you don't know. I think for us, it's, it's like Marady's just said, we've chaired a few conferences. We need to get together to go, okay, how's it worked for you? How would you do it differently? We haven't had that opportunity yet. So Mm -hmm. when we've done that, maybe we'll be a bit more able to answer that question, Charlene. But what I would say is it's well worth it. It is worthwhile. It does make you think about your own practice, it does really yeah. make you think about involving families a lot more, really thinking about where the risk is. So it's
2: worthwhile in that kind of way.
0: That's really helpful.
2: I think, I mean, I don't know if there's any kind of golden way of doing it. I think that kind of my advice would be to for people to just to to get out there and and actually try it out i have the discussions in in within your service and and uh i think it's important that before you kind of start do, going down the child protection conference route of trying to manage these risks that you that you do think about it and have some some a good guidance both for parents young people and professionals in place and that you're clear about your own processes and 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 how you want to record this.
0: That's really helpful. And I think that's great advice for people who would be be setting out kind of give it a go. You don't know how it's going to go, but you know it's worthwhile doing and it may shift your yeah. thinking and help you think about how you're chairing in general and how you're engaging families. And I think through everything you've said in terms of shifting that focus to what the risk is, to where it is and kind of the difference that makes in terms of the conversations you have, the preparation you do. And the plans you develop, I think is 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 a really critical key message for people to take away. Yeah. So thank you to both of you for taking part in this podcast. I hope our listeners have found it helpful and interesting. There's a number of resources on the contextual safeguarding website about developing alternative approaches to planning and conferencing for young people affected by extrafamilial harm and a lot of other episodes on the contextual safeguarding podcast uh, developed by people in our test site. So thank you for listening.